Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, we are here. We're back. We are back. Hey, sorry it was a little bit late last week. Um, Yeah. We do apologize, but Andrew's computer's of the devil, so that's Mm -hmm. why it's bad. Minor technical difficulties that end up taking... Yeah, exactly. Um, minor technical problems that end up taking like hours to solve. And thankfully, Josh came to the rescue and edited this one. So we're going to try again. So if it's it horrible, it's good. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't do it right. I just threw it yeah. together really fast. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> not my fault at all. It's uh, 100% <laughs> on Josh. It sounds bad. Oh, man. Dude, how you been? How's life? I've been great. I uh, yeah. can't complain. Our weather is flipping fantastic right now in the beautiful state yeah. of Colorado. Nice. It's like 60, 70 degrees at beautiful. a high. Um, nice. It has been raining in the afternoons, but like that's Colorado for you. Um, hey, yeah. But yeah, and perfect. So the, the uh, air conditioner that I just bought. Um, pretty pointless these days. <laughs> Not using it. I'm sure you will no, again in like no. July, August, because you know it'll be a hundred couple times. But I keep forgetting yeah. it's only June. Like it's about to be July, I guess. But yeah, in a couple yeah. of days. But right. I have jury duty the Ooh. first day of July. July first. Wow. That's I know. Isn't that miserable? Yeah, I've never now, had to those... do jury duty. I had to do jury duty for three months on a murder trial where a lady got her face shot off with a shotgun. (laughs) I remember you telling me this, but that wasn't when you lived in Colorado. Like it was a while ago, right? Yeah. So when I left my first church, uh, it was like that. I left on like, I don't know what day I left on, but it was like that following week I had to report to jury duty. (laughs) So you just worked in jury duty for three months. (laughs) That's my job. That's like terrible, your salary. Dude. I was like, well, wow. this was my salary. And like, okay, we'll cover that. Wow. Um, yeah. That's crazy. But uh yeah, so I just uh I just went to the and they like they're like, yeah, there's like a machine you could like have it cut you a check every day. <laughs> it was wow. cool. That's uh, so crazy. I just got paid uh, to be in a jury, and then we spent two weeks in deliberation and I had the murder wow. weapon in my face. Wow. Um, I guess it wasn't a murder weapon. The killing weapon? I don't really know. It was manslaughter is what they were. I think it was second degree murder and manslaughter is what they were chasing after. Huh. Um, we were a hung jury. We huh. did not decide after two weeks. Uh, one wow. lady had a breakdown. She ran out of the, the the jury deliberation room crying. I think she went to the judge's office. I have no idea where she went. Uh, <laughs> another lady, super aggressive. Um and just you know, wanted her will to be done. She didn't care what the evidence was. She was like, wow. "Somebody needs to pay for this death. This guy's wow. here. Let's charge him." And I'm just like, "How did the prosecution let you slip through the cracks?" Uh, we had 14 jurors on our trial. Two of them were all alternates. And I, yeah, yeah, I don't think we knew they were alternates until the very end, until we went to deliberation. Um, wow. And then we went through like 160 people. To get to our 14 jurors. Yeah. Wow. Um, there was one lady early in the process. Cause like jury, like I think it was like three days of just finding a juror. So I just keep having to go back and you'd move closer yeah. up the line. And then eventually I was in the jurors box and like, damn it, I'm gonna get stuck on this jury. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, for three months. That's there was, so uh, crazy. Yeah. But there was a lady early on in the process, and she's like, "Judge, I, uh, I need to be removed from this uh, jury. I, I can't be a part of it. Um, you know, I'm the only form of transportation for my children, and this and that, and like this whole rig and roll." Um, the judge goes, "Okay, how old are your children?" And she's like, "18 and 22." <laughs> judge is like, "Sit down, ma'am." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But defense defense dropped her anyway. So wow. Even that whole process. I don't know. I don't know if they have unlimited numbers of drops, like both prosecution and defense, or is that only a certain number they're allowed to use? I don't know how all that works. Wow. Uh, But yeah, it was uh it was an experience. Yeah. Um, So here's my question for you, Andrew, and a lot of my jury duty. 
Yes. Uh, what's something you will never do again? <laughs> that I'd never do again? You'd never oh, do Oh, man. Again. Okay. Yeah, I there's one clear thing. So I might have told about or told this before. I might not have, but when I was uh, in college, we decided we were broke. It was sophomore year. Me and like four buddies, we were all like super poor and uh, college students. And we decided this, this is just background. We decided to start giving plasma um as a way to like have some spending money um, and so anyway we gave plasma for like i don't know a couple months and like fall break was coming and we all had like a couple hundred dollars you know saved up from our plasma donations um and basically we're like all right like we can fund we can fund a little like fall trip fall break trip so we had like a four-day weekend and we decided that instead of doing something normal like going to somebody's house and like you know hanging out for the weekend we're like no like we gotta kevin lives outside he lived in wheaton outside of chicago and we're like we're going camping but we're going urban camping we went urban camping so what that means is you're you're just homeless (laughs) In a big city, trying to like not get caught by police and stuff. And uh, <laughs> dude, it sucked. It was like the absolute, like we had a lot of fun and laughed, but we were just miserable yeah, yeah. throughout that entire weekend. And like we slept in a dog park, and these people like had sex late night oh, at a bench, like park. 30, 40 feet from us. It was weird. And uh, a dog, yeah, like full of pee. Yeah, but this was like in a really wealthy part of Chicago and it was like the only place. I know, so much pee. But it was the only place where we're like, well, like (laughs) nobody will bother us here, I guess. Until the morning when even the dogs were like judging us. Like, you guys, what are you doing? Um, It was horrible, man. And we almost lost one of our buddies. buddies. Like, he almost stayed. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Matt was like, Matt was close to losing his mind and just staying homeless. Like, I'm very certain of it. (laughs) That might be how this happens, man. Like, nobody was strung out on drugs. Like, everybody smoked some cigarettes, but that was it, you know? (laughs) But we almost lost one of the guys. And, uh, and like, dude, it was just, it was absurd i would never do that again i don't know if i'd do it again even if i had the chance like to go back and change it i think i'd rather just like stay at kevin kevin's house but it's one of those things that (laughs) never again man never again that's funny yeah Uh, yeah but at least you have the story like you now have an experience that you can tell of like oh yeah i've been homeless for how many days was it the weekend four days it was three nights. Yeah, three nights. Yeah. How does that work? So, like, you just pulled fir- up, parked your car, and like, all right, guys, let's go homeless. Yeah. Well, we, we parked it at a buddy's house, like a buddy's apartment of Kevin, yeah. who, like, he lived in the city. So, or no, we rode the train in. So, we rode the train in, and then we basically, like, walked to this friend's apartment that had, like, okay. like four floors, and we slept on the roof the first night which that was like not even really homeless but it got super cold because it was chicago in the fall (laughs) so and then after that we just like started walking the next day and like went and like found parks and all this stuff so crazy man i don't think it's crazy worse than when you're sleeping and you and you're cold like that's just a miserable experience always especially when you're trying to sleep i went exactly uh like a month ago maybe and there was one night it was just cold. Yeah. Um, so I ended up going to Walmart and buying more blankets because I couldn't do that anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. probably the worst feeling. And then my dog is like, he's a horrible camping buddy. Uh, do not take my dog camping with you. He's obnoxious. <laughs> he's terrible at everything. Doesn't yes. know what he wants. I don't yeah. Know his issues. He's a handful, that one. Yeah. Um, uh, classic, man. Well, dude, Galatians 6. Speaking of uh, terrible camping buddies, <laughs> Galatians yeah, 6. A, yeah, a question for you, though. Before we get to Galatians yes. 6. Yes, yes. Because uh, Galatians 6 is a man reaps what he sows. Right. And this is related somehow. 
Uh, who's the worst boss you ever had and why? <laughs> ah, the worst boss I ever had. Oh, Don't man. Them. Well, I just will do first name. And it was from a, uh, so my first ever job, I was a uh, Curtis. How many bosses have you had? Like how many decent, jobs have you had? A decent number, man. Like I've had four different bosses at my current employer because I've been there Oh, like eight and a half years now. And I've moved to, this is my fourth team. Wait. This, yeah, this is my fourth team. So four bosses there. Actually five uh, here because I had, anyway, five bosses. And uh, then I've had one, two, three, four other jobs. So nine bosses total. However, uh, at Kroger, uh, I was a courtesy clerk and for whatever reason, their store was set up that there were like six managers at one time on duty that were all over everybody above, uh, below them. So I had six yeah. different bosses at one time and all of them sucked. But there was this one chick, <laughs> old lady named Mary, that was just like the absolute worst person. Like, I just didn't like her as a person. And then as a boss, yeah. she just constantly was trying to catch you doing something bad. And I was like, like, I'm just here to clean stuff up. up and like bag groceries and push carts. Like, give me a break, you know? So she was just yeah. horrible. Um, just a, yeah, not, not good at all. I'm trying to think like the worst boss I've ever had. One comes to mind pretty quick, but, um, <laughs> trying to think of other, I haven't had a ton of jobs though, either. Like I could probably count them on my hands. Yeah. Um, you've been at some churches, Apple. I don't know. Did you have a bunch of different bosses? You were at GoDaddy for a while, weren't you back in the day? No, I barely did seven months. Oh, I was like, I okay. hate this job. Um, <laughs> yeah, that job sucked. My boss was fine. It wasn't like, right. It right. was indifferent. It was just a boss. But um, right. I've had some great bosses through my life. I had a great boss at, at GoDaddy. Or at, not at GoDaddy, at uh, Apple. Uh, we had some other Good. ones that were kind of turds. Um, I had a boss once. What are we talking about? We're talking about something um, of stealing or something like that. Uh, it was like reviewing pol- like store policies or something, which was weird because they're all set by corporate. So didn't matter what he was doing. But uh, he was like, yeah, you know, 10% of people, 10% of our employees will steal all the time. You're like, what? <laughs> He's like, 10% won't. And the other 80, they could be convinced to steal. You're like, what the heck? <laughs> Who do you think of working for you? <laughs> like, I get those maybe the statistics, but like, you're talking, we're about, we're, you know, at that source, it was like a hundred people. So you're like yeah. 10 people in here will always steal from you. Why did you hire them? It's <laughs> um, so yeah. uh, just like cost of doing business, Josh. Everyone cost of doing business. Yeah. Everyone's out to get you. You're like, oh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> That's funny. Most people, most people. But uh, yeah. No, I've had, yeah, man. I've had, I've been actually pretty blessed. I've had some pretty good bosses through my life. Um, great bosses that care deeply about you, but are also willing to hold you accountable. Um, and then I've also had really crappy bosses that are extremely insecure and um, unfortunately their insecurity have to rub off on you and you had to deal right. with it. But, right. Yeah. Yeah. But man. A man reaps what he sows. You reap so what you sow. That's right. Those bosses are going to come to come to pass. Well, they yeah, probably had bad bosses. Feet too you know or they just bagged groceries for 15 years and finally got promoted up one level and were resentful uh, from taking it that long i don't know man i don't know dude that's the uh, one industry i wonder if it's still like that the the grocery industry like people used to like they used to have the offer pensions uh in grocery stores that's true Uh, i wonder if that's like if it's still like a lifer kind of thing like people get into that career field and just stay there forever at Kroger, I think it is because even when I was there, like <laughs> that's one other thing that sucked about Kroger. It was my first real job, and I was not eighteen yeah. yet. But I, but the union pulled money out of my paycheck every single pay period. Uh-huh. Um, but I had no access or benefit from the union because I wasn't eighteen. Yeah. So they were just stealing my money. I'm like, you guys suck. Like this, like taxes are bad enough, let alone the Kroger union taking my money. This sucks. So 
you learn things quick when you get your first job, Ben. Um, yeah. But, dude, I was going to say, before I read just a couple verses out of Galatians 6, this is our, our second part on Galatians 6, which is the last chapter in Galatians. So after this, we'll be going into a new series. Uh, we don't know what that is yet. So if you have a burning idea, send it our way um, because we'd like to we'd like to know. Um, but I was going to say, take a minute and, and pause and read or listen to Galatians six and then come back to us. Uh, because we, we do believe that God speaks through his word, uh, to you and to us and what he's speaking to us and what we end up talking about today might not be what he wants to say to you. Hopefully it is. Uh, we prayed that it would be, we always do. Um, but yeah, here's here's a couple verses out of Galatians 6 that, Josh, I want to read and then maybe just get your first reactions to, um, and then we can keep going. But Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8 say this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh from the flesh will reap con- corruption, but the one who sows to the spirit will reap from the spirit eternal life. So just two verses uh, to start us. But Josh, what do you think about that, man? What uh, what springs to mind? Anything through those? Uh, Probably, but I was looking at my window enjoying our weather <laughs> while you were reading. So. <laughs> Thanks for being honest. So I may or may not have been paying attention, um, but no, God cannot be mocked. Uh, that's a good, yeah. that's a good word. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think there's something to like, as we, um, sorry, Andrew and I are sending messages back and forth to each other. I just got distracted <laughs> by them. <laughs> this may be a difficult podcast folks, but stick with us. Hopefully something good comes from it. We're going to get there. Speak. Um, but I, I think verse eight of, you know, whoever, this isn't the version I would read. I don't like the, it uses the word please in Galatian or in the NIV. And I don't like that word when it comes to relationship with Jesus, but, right, right. Um, and I don't know how they even came up with that word. I don't know where it fits when you look at the text, but um, for those who sow to his own flesh, meaning, when they live just based on their wants, their desires, um, yeah. how to live this life, um, which eventually is going to lead to sin against God and sinning against man, mm-hmm. right? Sin against those relationships. Um, it's going to cause destruction or corruption um, in the ESV standard. Um, and then those that, that live in relationship with Jesus and live to foster relationship with Jesus will continue to um, reap eternal rewards. Now, because it talks about eternal life, this is probably a salvation verse. Like that's what Paul's referencing here in salvation. Uh, live your way or live God's way. Um, mm-hmm. And one's going to lead to full life in Christ. One's going to lead to destruction um, of your life now and eternal separation from God later. Um, so I guess there's that piece of it. But if we like, if we applied it to um, Christians, so, you know, we're followers of Jesus reading this, I think we could still apply at least the principle in, in a macro sense to our lives. Um, like sin is still destructive, whether you know Jesus or don't know Jesus. Like if he's your yeah. Lord and savior, yes, you're forgiven of those sins. Your, your light, your eternal life or your salvation is secured. Um, nothing's going to change that. Um, but in this life, um, sin is still destructive. So when we participate in sin, um, like it, it's going to destroy relationships. It's going to destroy a relationship between you and, and others and you, you and God. Um, and that's why sin is called sin because it destroys relationship. That's why Jesus called these things sin. That's why God um, set it up this way of calling these certain behaviors sin. Not because he's like, well, what are the things that, you know, he's sitting on high in his mm-hmm. old man chair? Um, probably a lazy boy, I would assume, with his right. feet up. You know, what are the things that that you shouldn't be doing just because I don't like them? Like that wasn't that wasn't God's methodology on this. Right. Um, God is one hundred percent about relationship. He wants to be in relationship with his his creation, humanity, and he yeah. wants humanity to be in in healthy relationship with one another. Um, you know, that's why he said these are the greatest commandments, love God, love people. 
Uh, and these are the these are the behaviors that destroy those things. Now, the solution to those behaviors, if you find yourself in those those cycles, isn't actually to combat the behavior. It is to foster relationship with Jesus, which I know feels really counterintuitive. Um, mm. But let Jesus do the life change and the heart change and give you the next steps of combating those things rather than you trying to do it on your own. Um, Self-effort yeah. will, will lead you to pretty bad, pretty bad places. Yeah. I don't know if that, any of that applies to the verses, but there's my first thoughts, Andrew. Those are great first thoughts. Hey, thanks for them. Uh, and I'm glad that while I was reading the verses, you got to enjoy uh, some beautiful views. It is really nice. Out. <laughs> it's so funny. Man, I, so uh, I've really got into gardening in the last couple years. And like, we like the to weed, eat good. I mean, tomatoes. Yeah. yeah, tons of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we've talked about. But like we love we love to eat really good food and and get stuff as local as possible. And when you grow vegetables and fruit and all that stuff, like you just can't get more local than that. And it's pretty cool. Um, and whenever the Bible starts talking about like reaping what you sow and like farm analogies and scattered seeds and and that parable we talked about with Jesus, my mind always jumps like to literal gardening. Um, and that's, that's part of the picture, right? Is like, this is some, this is language you can attach like real experience to in a variety of ways and like a, a bunch of levels. But, um, yeah, man, like I, I just think about this, like you say I plant, um, I actually throw in only sweet corn, like my whole garden, it's all sweet corn. And, I can tell my wife that it's it's tomatoes and we got pumpkins over there and we got uh, Brussels sprouts here and we got blah, 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 all that stuff, you know, and if if people don't see you plant the seeds, you can uh, you can keep that up for a little bit <laughs> and nobody knows the difference because it's just dirt with little holes where you planted stuff, you know, but dude, after the first good rain and after a little bit of time to germinate, um, pretty soon it, it might take like two weeks, it might take a little longer or a little less, but pretty soon it's, it's going to be apparent that you only planted corn, you know, it's like, well, wait, like if those are pumpkins, these are Brussels sprouts, those are tomatoes. Like why does everything look the exact same? It's like, oh no, no, no. Like I must be weird. Maybe something in the soil. Like, I don't know, dude, give it some more time. And you're going to have corn stalks covering your whole garden and you can swear up and down right and left that it's something different or somebody else did that or something like that. But the reality is no, you just planted only corn. Maybe because you were being lazy, maybe because you only like corn. I don't know. But the, the only problem with that is you said it was something it wasn't. Um, and, hmm. and that's the problem. Like you, over time it shows and, you know, man, like I, there was a worse boss that, that my wife had, uh, at an organization she worked at. It's been kind of more public in, in accusations of why that is, but I'm not going to say the name and draw attention there because I don't need to, but the reality is, um, this person was, was, you know, metaphorically sowing only sweet corn and saying it was a hundred different things. And saying that it was going to be really good for everybody, but it was only serving him. And, uh, you know, like that's hard because in the, in the church and in institutions that are supposed to be like based on principles that come out of the Bible and based on real relationship with Jesus, when, when you're a part of those situations and realize like, dude, you're, you're not sowing to please the Lord. You're sowing to, to make yourself look great. You're sowing to cover up your own sin. You're sowing to get a lot of money, like, and, and take it away from the people who should have it. Um, you know, like you're, you're lying, uh, and you're deceiving through this on purpose and you're saying it's one thing, but it's another. And I like that. This says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Those are the first words because Man, the reality is like in some of these situations, 
thousands of people might be deceived for a person's whole life. You know, they might take their lie to the grave and maybe nobody saw that it was actually just sweet corn, you know, but, um, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Like it's going to come out one way or another. Um, and I don't know, man, that's, that's where my mind goes is like the real literal metaphors of like gardening. And then also the, you know, the truths of like, you can live behind a lie for a while and maybe you can take it to the grave, but even taking it to the grave, it still comes out and it comes out in the place you actually least want it to come out, which is between you and God. Um, you might think it'd be bad if it comes out to the the general public or the people you're keeping something from, but it actually comes out between you and God and it's uh, you're not going to deceive him. So don't even try, I guess, is my that's maybe my fire and brimstone mixed with some gardening for the day. Yeah. I think too, like along the same lines, this is where Christianity gets exhausting because yeah. I would, I would argue um, that the majority of Christians live this life, right? Hmm. Like exactly what you're talking about. They're, they're planting sweet corn, um, but they're saying it's all these other things. Hmm. So they, they're, they're trying to white knuckle their behavior, um, to show peace, patience, kindness, you know, mm-hmm. selflessness, self-control, um, and there's some in there, but, um, right. But so I want right. to look like a really good Christian on the outside, um, mm. but I'm will, I'm not willing to do the work with Jesus to get to those places. Um, and that's exhausting. Like it's exhausting mm. to think that, yeah, I'm going to have full control over my emotions. I'm going to have full control over my ability to be patient in all circumstances. I'm going to have hope no matter what. Like yeah. that's a hard facade to create. I should sorry. That's a hard so- facade to maintain hmm. um, when you don't have Jesus doing the work that Jesus does on your heart. Right. Yeah. So I, I think there's that piece that. And I would say majority of Christians are, are in that place. Majority of Christians listening right now uh, are in that place. Yeah. And that's a hard place to live. Like, I, I wish it wasn't that way. Um, mm. I, I wish you could just be honest with who you are and the fact that you're planting sweet corn right now. That, that's okay yeah. if that's where you're at. Um, it's not okay right. to stay there, like continue to walk with Jesus, foster a relationship with Jesus um, to get to those places. But um, like Christianity should feel light. Jesus said mm. burden is, is light. Uh, if it doesn't feel that way, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and probably yeah. because you're trying to create this facade of like, well, look at me. I'm reaping all the good things in the spirit. I'm doing right. all the right things that Jesus expects me to do. Um, but like God's still being mocked in the midst of that um, because mm. you're, you're presenting something that's just not true of who you are. And the reality is it's not helpful to anyone around you. Like if you're not being the real you, um, the facade isn't going to provide life change to somebody else. Right. Um, if you're not being the real you, the facade is going to be devastating to God when the facade comes down. Right. Mm. Not just as devastating a relationship between you and God. It's already devastating um, to God in that, but devastating for others view of God because of your actions. Mm. Um, Like when you're like, well, look at me, I'm a super Christian and I do all the right things. And then it comes out that, you know, you had a second family this whole time, right? Mm -hmm. Like some crazy, crazy things that happen more often than not, which is mind boggling. Right. (laughs) I shouldn't say more often than not, but it happens more than it should. Uh, Yeah. More regularly than you would expect. Yeah. 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 Um, But so there's that piece too, like. Uh, then, then everyone's looking like, well, here's, you know, I looked up to this guy or I looked up to this, this woman, um, and had just how godly they are in, in all reality. It was just a facade. Um, and the crazy part is Pete Christians convince themselves that they are better than they actually are. So it doesn't feel like lying anymore, though. It probably started in that place. I was like, oh yeah, I read my Bible every day, uh, for hmm. like an hour and a half. Um, I'm reading like two chat or, you know, two books a day of the Bible because I'm just a super Christian. Uh, and hmm. you're like, well, I'm watching your life and I don't, I don't see more fruits of the spirit of your life today than I did a year ago. So I would yeah. argue either you're not doing it or you are doing it and you're not doing it in a relationship with Jesus. You're just reading it for content. And I'm sorry, the content's mm. not going to be helpful uh, for life change in that perspective. If Jesus isn't a part of the content. Now I get Jesus yeah. a part of it to some extent because it's God's recorded word that you're reading, but uh, without yeah. Jesus in the equation of it, uh, it it's pretty useless. Um, so we read in yeah. relationship. So 
I know we say that a lot, and I think it's worth clarifying. Mm-hmm. So we say, you know, read scripture in relationship with Jesus. Um, and what we mean by that is it should be conversation, right? Like, as yeah. you read the recorded word of God, there it should prompt conversation. Um, mm-hmm. So it should be you talking back and forth with God. Here's the thing. I just had coffee with a friend yesterday, and um, we were catching up. Uh, uh, just, you know, where, where life's at for him and all the things that are going on and uh, this and that. And, um, you know, we were talking about spiritual disciplines in general. And, you know, uh, this buddy used to be in ministry. So, you know, we have a pastor's background. Um, we were like, here's all these things that we used to do because it's what good Christians do. And he, he yeah. made the comment of like, yeah, I do the, I do the things that good Christians are supposed to do a lot less hmm. um, than I used to. Like, I don't read my Bible as much as I used to. Um, still reads his Bible, still fosters relationship, but not to the same extent um, hmm. uh, from a reading perspective. Um, and But he said, you know, one thing that I do do more is I pray a lot more. Hmm. Uh, because when I got when I dive into God's word, it isn't just to get through that chapter of the day. It's to have a conversation yeah. with Jesus. And he's going to use the promptings of what he's already written to start those conversations so we can dig into the junk of our lives um, yeah. and dig into just, just all those, those different pieces of, of, um, of relationship and of our personalities. And yeah. I, I think we said this a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last episode. I don't remember. Um, but I always thought walking with Jesus and it seems silly to say it now, but um, walking with Jesus, like when, say we use habitual sins as an example, cause it's easy and everyone understands it. Um, yeah, you have this habitual sin you're dealing with all the time. I just assumed if you walked with Jesus long enough, uh, the temptation of all those things would just magically disappear. Hmm. Right. Like you'd be like, poof, they're just gone. It was like a Jesus thing. I don't know how he does it. He just, he just takes care of that kind of stuff. I don't even want Um, it anymore. And if you you walk through life with that mindset and you're continuing to struggle with those things, uh, that, that's a. That's a rough reconciliation um, yeah. between well, God, why isn't God doing miraculous poofs for me when he seems to be doing right. miraculous poofs for other people? Well, right. um, but what Jesus really does in those situations and what sanctification process really looks like, the process of Jesus molding us into uh, to be more like him, to, to love God and love people better, mm. um, is he wants to dig into the things that cause those things. So if you're dealing with uh, maybe your your habitual sin is anger. Like for whatever reason, you go from one to a thousand uh, in yeah. no time at all, um, and and that's the thing you constantly go back to. And I would argue that would be sinful. Um, yeah. Jesus was very clear and very deliberate in his anger, and it takes time. So if you're going one to a thousand in no time, it's sin because you're causing harm to a relationship. Uh, but if you're in that moment, so it's well, why is it right? Those are the kind of conversations you start to have with Jesus. Is well. What's causing those things? Like, what's the real mm. root of that thing? And you start to yeah. think through that process and have conversation with Jesus in, in that realm. And then you read, you know, parts of Galatians and you're like, oh, mm. that's mm-hmm. what Jesus meant. Okay, I'm, I'm starting to understand it now, Jesus. And it's not just, that's what Jesus meant. Let me take this and apply it to my life. It's, hey, Jesus, I'm getting it now. Like, it's conversation just started. Uh, mm. I was like, I get to a thousand in this because it's triggering this past harm that I had in my relationship with my father. Maybe that's the yeah. issue, right? Um, it could mm-hmm. be a variety of different things. Who knows what it is? But it's all these like deep past hurts, deep past yeah. um, experiences that that Jesus wants to dig into to find healing from because putting a bandaid on things don't actually fix anything. It's just a facade of fix. And Jesus wants to shape and mold you. So to shape and mold you, you got to dig into the ugliness of your life. Um, yeah. And most of us don't want to get, dig deep like that. We definitely don't want to talk about those things. I get that. There's pain there. Um, but this is what walking with Jesus looks like. Um, as you read scripture in relationship with Jesus, it should cause conversation with Jesus. There should be a back and forth. You should be communicating the things that you're feeling, thinking, you know, scared of, um, whatever they may be. Like, let all those things out uh, in the midst of this. And this is this is what it means to sow in the spirit, right? Um, you'll be blown away by how much change happens in your own heart when we just pour and foster relationship with with Jesus, with with God, with um, the Holy Spirit, um, in the yeah. Trinity of those three. Um, you'll you'll be blown away about the life change that starts to happen for the simplest of things, right? Like crazy mm. simple things. It could be as simple as, hey, get off social media, and you're like, oh, that's all I had to do. That was the one little trigger. Or, hey, let's let's talk about this experience that happened when you were whatever, 14. Yeah. Um, I just picked an age. Uh, 
you're like, oh, okay, like now we can start digging into some of these things. And you're kind of, you'll be blown away by how much fruit comes from your relationship with Christ when you choose to foster a relationship with Jesus rather than putting on the facade that you're planting all these things in all reality. You know, yeah. you're just putting on a facade and that's exhausting. Nobody wants to live that life. Right. Um, I know you think you do until you're in the midst right. of it. And then you have all these plates spinning and you're like, what am I going to do? It's going to come exactly. tumbling down on you at some point. Yep. It's inevitable. Yep. Absolutely. And it's so much harder to keep the plates spinning, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's, it, that's, that's really good. What, while you were saying that um, I was thinking about the verses that are, right on the heels of this. So I'm going to read a couple of those. Um, it says, let us not lose heart in doing good for in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then while we have op- the opportunity, let us do good to all people. And especially to those who are of the household of the faith, fellow believers, you know, um, th- that was verses nine and 10. Um, when I read that initially, like before we started this conversation, I was, I was thinking about like, it, this was actually a, a verse that in the last like four or five days has been a little bit convicting to me because I, as a parent, can often grow weary of doing good. Like just, uh, like it just feels like all this stuff I'm doing for my kids is just like thankless and unnoticed and all this. Like it can feel that way in the moment, you know? when I reflect on it now, I'm like, of course that's like wrong. It's, you know, taking care of people and raising them up to be the people they should be ultimately. But in the moment it can feel like a daily grind and just like, why am I even trying so hard? You know, um, I know that's wrong, but it can feel that way. But as you were talking, I was thinking like, man, like this is, is such a great point to follow what we just talked about because Growing tired of doing good when you look around and either you're the person who's, you know, planted sweet corn, like we talked about, uh, only sweet corn, nothing else. Um, or you're the one who's like legitimately chasing real relationship with the Lord and trying to live it out. And, and like, you're, you're honest with where you're at and things are being stripped away to you and from you and things have been revealed and it's been painful, but you're like, I'm still leaning in a real relationship with the Lord. Um, and I, and you look around and it's like, well, they're not like, they're not. And I had that boss that, you know, was doing the exact opposite of what the mission was. And I had my best friend who lied about this thing. And I had all these people that are in the church, you know, the big C church, uh, that have just done the opposite. And you look around, it's like, I'm discouraged. Like I'm weary of doing good. It feels like I'm the only one, you know? And and I don't say that from a personal place of like, that's how I feel. But man, I understand why it could feel that way, you know? And why so many Christians are like, I don't know, like I'm about Jesus, but I'm done with the church. (laughs) I'm, I'm about Jesus and things in the Bible, but I'm really sick of the people who say they follow the Bible. You know, I understand those sentiments. I've, I've been there and I've probably been a reason people have said those things. Probably the problem. Yeah. No. Yeah. Following the things said in the Bible. I I meant, um, yeah, but I don't know, man, that that's just where my mind jumped as you were talking. It's like, you know, in the days leading up to this, because this is our, our part two podcast, I had been thinking about this just through like parenting. But as yeah. we're talking now, I really think of it as like, man, burnout's a real thing. And, and you can get burned out on following Jesus by watching a lot of other people who are putting on a facade and and spinning the plates, you know, that haven't dropped yet, but that you're like, got to drop sometime. Like I'm trying to be honest in my relationship with the Lord and sure feels like nobody else is, you know? Um, but it's a good, yeah. no, the only good. other thing I'll say is I forget which story it is in the old Testament, but, um, somebody's negotiating with God and is basically like save this city. If there's 50 believers there, and God's like, okay, like if there's 50, yeah, I'll save it. It's like, no, like it might've been in the Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, background story. Anyway, it's like, okay, yeah. okay. Actually just save it. If there's like 25, it's like, okay. All right. 
you know what? Maybe there's not 25. I actually just saved it that there's 10. He goes down to like two or something, you know, and they can't even find that many. So God didn't save the city. But uh, the reality is like just the level of like uh, jadedness that comes with being in, in the church for a long time can have like real negative effects on your own faith, you know? And that's not to say we got to build the perfect church or the the perfect structure. Like we can always try, we can always work towards that and try to make it better and make it more honoring to God in every piece of the institution and more important than every piece of our life and the way we live, because that's what we can control. But do let us not lose heart in doing good. Let us not lose heart in doing good. Keep doing good. Keep following Jesus. Keep trying to live a real relationship, even if you look around and feel jaded, um, because you're going to feel jaded. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you you got to fight those feelings because there's there's mm-hmm. parts of this journey yeah. of walking with Jesus that can't happen in your life unless you're doing life with other believers. Um, and hopefully mm. that's a healthy, like healthy environment. Yeah. Um, I get like, well, what if they're going to hurt me? They, they may hurt you. It's a strong possibility that's going to happen. Like get over it. It's going to happen. Um, yeah. But like Jesus said, like they're going to know you're my disciples by how you serve the poor. No, they're going to know mm. you're my disciples by how you, you know, preach God's word and teach God's word to other people. Nope. They're going to know how you're my disciples by how you love one another. Um, that is mm. that is the the piece that um, differentiates us from from other communities um, is our love for one another. It's a yeah. sacrificial love. Um, that's a love where you're going to get hurt in the midst of it, but you're going to stick through it. Um, this is why God uses marriage as the example uh, for the mm. church, right? Like the bride of Christ is the church. Uh, Christ is the groom. Uh, well, in that marriage. Like, yeah, there's, there's times that you're going to get frustrated. There's going to be times that you're going to get hurt. There's going to be times that you're going to be angry, but the level of commitment that's still there, that when you push through those things that you're committed to the same goal um, of, you know, longevity, um, then yeah, there's things that you just let go because they're not worth it. They're not worth the fight. Or when you're hurt, you know, you go out of your way to, uh, to sit down with the person that hurt you and to share just what happened and how you perceived it, whether you perceived it right or wrong, you know, take it from that, you know, with a grain of salt when you share it, because you may have perceived it wrong and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but like this, there's this victim mentality in culture today that like, it's better to be the victim. Hmm. Um, so look for all the different ways to be the victim because they're not going to attack a victim. And you're like, yeah, but the, the goal is, in the Christian faith, it isn't to be a victim. We're not victims. Right. Um, right. Like we, Christ conquered it. Like we're, we're, we're victorious in all sense yeah. of the imagination. We're victorious. Um, so live in that victory. Yeah. Um, don't let yourself take on the victimhood of, of Christianity. Well, to live in that victory, there's a high level of humility that has to exist. Yeah. Um, right. Like I don't know best all the time. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to make the right decision all the time. Um, And I have to live in humility to know that that's the case. Um, And even like you look at leaders, you know, Andrew was talking about leaders, whether they're in the church or outside the church, like all, all authority, all power corrupts Mm -hmm. unless held accountable. Right. Mm -hmm. We see it in our government. We see it in our churches. We we see it all over. Right. Power corrupts and not held accountable. You see it, you know, in the Kroger store when people get power for the first time, they're like, I'm going to exercise that power over this freaking (laughs) bag boy. Right. Right. We see it. If they're not held accountable, all power corrupts. That means any power, any influence you carry corrupts um, if you're not held accountable. So you have to build systems and structures in your life where you're actually going to be held accountable for your actions yeah. um, that someone's paying attention enough to you and to your life that when things get derailed, things get start to get off track, even in the earliest of stages, um, they're calling you out on it and not mm-hmm. calling you out of like, you're, you're an idiot. You're, you know, they're not here to attack you or to be mom and dad, right? They're here to, to lovingly correct you. Excuse me. I just burped on air. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Um, where, where's the verse? Was it? Uh, yeah. Uh, verse one, brother and sister, if, you, if someone is caught in sin, that you should, you who live by the spirit should restore, restore that person 
what's the key word here? Gently. In gentleness. Uh, it's a big yeah. word. Mm-hmm. In gentleness or in a spirit of gentleness is other words. Mm-hmm. But, um, right. There's, so there's that piece of, of, you know, there should be a high level of gentleness in how we correct our brothers and sisters. Um, I should be doing it with deep love for that individual and a greater love for that individual than for truth in that moment. I know that's a scary mm-hmm. thing to hear because you're like, Josh is a heretic. Um, <laughs> truth still matters. Truth is very important. Um, but when truth leads in that conversation, you lose in relationship, period. Mm. Um, relationship has to lead. Um, so be gentle, be caring, want what's best for that individual, which mm. means change of behavior. Um, but you do your part, they do their part, God does his part. Yeah. And if you mix any of those up where you're trying to control their behavior, uh, it's not going to lead to to a beneficial change. It's not going to lead. But we need those people in our own lives, right? Yeah. And then recognize when someone brings something up to us like, hey, Josh, you said this to that person and I just... I just felt it was really demeaning and I don't know if you meant it that way, but I just want to bring it up to your attention. So, so you, you know, maybe you, you missed it and I want you to see it. And then in humility, you go, Oh, Oh, 100% was being demeaning in that moment. Uh, no yeah. doubt about it in my mind. So then you're yeah. like, dang it. Now I want to do about it. I gotta go apologize. Right. That's where humility right. kicks in. Right. You say, I'm sorry. And then if I did in front of people, I got to make sure that the people know I apologize because I want to yeah. set a culture. Uh, so there's that piece of it as well. Uh, and that's, that's hard to do. That's hard to set because no one else is doing it. It's the same thing going back to relationship, right? Um, yeah. We're like, well, you know, like Andrew was saying, we want to, you know, we want to pull back and we want to, to grow weary and we want to say, well, I follow Jesus. I'm not a part of the church because church sucks and people suck. Um, I don't want to yeah. be a part of it again. You know, the only way that changes is you get in part of you, you become a part of it again and mm-hmm. you practice the behavior that you want to see in other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you practice vulnerability, you practice being honest, yeah. um, and, and you demonstrate to, to those around you what this looks like. Like you want to have deep, intimate relationship with, with other believers where you can just be you, you don't have to put on the facade of spitting all the plates. Yeah. You, know, you gotta, you gotta demonstrate that to them because one, they're probably not used to it. That's not what they typically see in the church that they're mm. a part of. Uh, mm-hmm. but two, like if, if you want to see change, you got to be the source of that change. You just can't yeah. hope that it's going to, going to change one day just magically. Um, like I would argue that if, if you're noticing something that needs to change, then Jesus might be asking you to do something. About right. It. And if you're like, right? I can't do that. That's terrifying and scared. Fine. That's okay. Share that with Jesus. Jesus is more than happy to work right. with you. Right. Just like right. you worked with Moses. Moses was, mm-hmm. God, I don't speak right. Yeah. Speak with a lisp or whatever his issue was. I don't right. know. Right. Um, and he's like, that's fine. Your your brother Aaron, man, that boy can speak. Why don't you put yep. Aaron up in front of Pharaoh and mm-hmm. your voice box? Like God, God will work with you. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll see your fears as long as you're honest about your fears. But if you're not honest about your fears, Jesus probably aren't going to speak yeah. into those things because you ain't listening yeah. to that area of your life anyway. Right. Um, or if he is speaking, you're missing it. Um, so talk about those fears. Talk about those things. You're like, man, God, like this is what I want to see in my community. Maybe it's your, mm. your friend community. Like I want to see a deeper real relationship where we pursue Jesus together. Um, then someone's got to like, someone's got to present it to them. Someone's got to show them yeah. how it's done. And if you're yeah. like, oh crap, if I see the issue, then it's probably me that needs to push into it. Uh, then you're, you're going to have to push into it. Uh, yeah. And then share all your fears and everything that's going on in your head around that to Jesus and let him walk with you in the midst of it. You may be shocked at how much easier it becomes when mm-hmm. Jesus starts to carry those, those burdens. But yeah, I have all these notes that I've written down, Andrew, as you yeah. were talking and I was like, Oh, that's really good. Oh, that's really good too. But I don't know how any of them fit now. So we'll just, <laughs> I was talking with my boss yesterday and I launched into this like analogy where I'm like, Oh, this is a great point. And then uh, realized mid analogy, I'm like, I forget what I'm trying to bring this back to. Uh, so oh, I've been miserable. there. I've been there. It's miserable. Oh, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I will man. say this, and this is going to feel super unrelated, but it was related to what Andrew's saying at some point along the way. Um, but uh, Jesus was very clear, right? You know, he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus responded, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. 100% about relationship. And I would argue all sin uh, is a harm is a behavior harming relationship. Uh, 
whether it's a relationship with God or a relationship with, with your fellow man yeah. or woman. Yeah. So we're not sexist around here. Um, <laughs> like that, that's where sin, that's where sin shows itself. Sin yeah. against man, sin against yep. God. Yep. Um, and that's, and, and I think it's really important to place everything inside of that filter and that lens as you read scripture, um, because it's going it, to, it, I think it's going to be a lot more, um, eye-opening as you read certain things mm. of like, oh, why did Paul just say this? And you're like, oh, yeah. this is, that's why it's sin because it, it hurts man, hurts relationship. Uh, and why is this? Because it hurts my relationship with God. It puts, creates distance between us. This behavior does. Um, and when you, when you frame everything through that, man, scripture starts to come alive in ways that maybe you've not seen before. Um, yeah. I, I think of a story I was talking with a buddy of mine um, uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, in his group, uh, a couple was, was getting divorced and he sat down with the husband and was like, Hey man, what's going on? And this and that. And the husband, you know, just said, you know, my wife doesn't obey me. <laughs> that was his huh. issue. And you're wow. like, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, thanks, wow. thanks for the honesty. I, I appreciate that. And he's like, scripture is huh. very clear that she should obey me. And, you know, they dig into the junk of all that of like, well, it, I understand where you're coming from, um, but there is there is a, a mutual respect that exists inside of here, mm. even a mutual submission to some extent uh, yep. inside of here. Uh, I shouldn't mm. even say some extent. There is a mutual submission, not to some totally. extent, to a pretty extensive extent uh, yep. on both sides uh, for this yep. to work. And he's like, well, scripture says right here that the, the woman should submit to the man. Um, and when yeah, we look at things through that lens – love the bride as Christ loved the church, even unto death. Which so like, ah, self up. There we go. A little bit. Uh, or like, yeah. you know, kids, you know, kids obey your father and mother. Um, we love yeah. to quote that one, but we forget right. about the, the next verse, which is, you know, don't exacerbate your children. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. There's a mutual submission here, my friends. Uh, that's uh, right. But when we, when we miss the big picture of what scripture, yeah. all of scripture, recorded scripture is, is built around, yeah. Um, we, we end up in weird places like this. And I use this one as a kind of a silly example. It's a serious example because it can have some devastating effects on people. But, um, but also like it can be applied to so many different things in our lives or we're yeah. just trying to get what we want out of it. Selfish ambition, selfish desires, yeah. um, living in the flesh. Um, and we use bits and pieces of scripture outside of the bigger context of scripture, which I would argue all of scripture is built on those two commandments. Hmm. Um, so if you're pulling something out of it just to get what you want, like this guy wanting his wife, like just, he just wants his own way and his wife has to do hmm. what he wants him to do, wants her to do all the time. Well, that's just, hmm. that's pure selfishness. And it got outside of relationship, right? Because if he was really understanding God's word, there were God's recorded word, uh, it would be, oh no, I, like relationship with my wife matters, loving my wife matters. That means yeah. there's a give and take that has to happen. Um, or it just feels like my wife is constantly being demeaned, put down, uh, put in her place. That's not helpful to who she is as, as a woman and a follower of Jesus. Um, so yeah. there's that piece of it as well that we can so easily get off track when our, our flesh takes over. Um, and that's going to lead to destruction of relationship between each other and destruction of relationship between us and God. Like, hmm. and if, if we look at everything that lens, I think it can be extremely helpful in your relationship with Jesus and others to know where the boundaries and the guide rails are. Um, yeah. Is this hurting relationship? I think is a really good question that you can always be asking yourself. Is this yeah. behavior hurting relationship? Yeah, probably. Uh, we'll have hmm. to come down really hard on, on my, my son because, you know, of this bad behavior. Okay. Yeah. There's probably a, a better way to do it. Um, how yeah. do you, how do you do it in a different way? And if yelling and screaming, I would argue probably hasn't worked to this point cause you're still doing it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to change your tactics, uh, because yelling and screaming isn't going to help the situation anymore if it hasn't worked in the past. Right. Um, right. but you come at it from different angles and you're like, I'm trying to restore relationship here. I'm trying to restore influence here. Um, you may be blown away by, by, um, uh, the byproduct of that when we choose to mm -hmm. dig into that. Yeah, totally. And that was a really long rant. I apologize, Andrew. No, don't apologize. That was good. That was, that was really good. And what could be more important, or it's one of the most important things to understand even like foundations of what the written word means and how to read it. And like the, you know, <clears throat> like Jesus talks about the two greatest commandments. And the first thing he said is all the law and the prophets hang on these two things. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So that's another great lens to understand all this thing, all this through relationship with God, relationship with man, like you were saying. Um, so anyways, man, my my final thought is I just wanted to to clarify one thing just to make sure if you're listening to this, uh, that you you understood where I was coming from. I wasn't saying you should be jaded as a Christian. I wasn't saying you should be burnt out as a Christian on on doing good and, and like not just doing good for good sake, by the way, but like doing good out of real relationship with the Lord. Like, what's my next right step, Jesus? What's my next, what's the next thing you're calling me to? That's what I mean when I say doing good. Yep. Not just like, hey, here's 50 bucks because it's my act of good for the day. It's like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> That's not what I mean. It's it's a heart level doing good. Um, but I wasn't saying you should be burnt out or you should be jaded. I'm just saying the longer you walk in this Jesus life, the more easy it is to look around and start to have this temptation to to say, well, I I deserve to be jaded and burnt out and disconnected and to to give up. I deserve it. Like, I don't know. It's kind of a form of pride of saying like, maybe I just don't want to put effort in anymore. Um, and because I've been in the church 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, it's my excuse. And you can't say I'm wrong. Sure. You're not wrong. People are broken. <laughs> this relationship with Jesus yeah. is not an easy thing to, to submit yourself to, like you were saying, Josh. Um, but it's a worthwhile thing. It's a real thing. It's probably the most worthwhile thing. Where the full life possible. exists. You know, it's, yeah, it's it's where full life comes from. So um, please don't hear any of this as as a, you should be broken or jaded or, or worn out. No, like if anything, this is just like, look at, look it in the face. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. It's not our, not our place to bring others to judgment. It's his role and his role alone, thankfully, even if you have to sit on a jury for three months, the full truth is known by God, regardless of what the jury decides. Um, And, you know, like, yeah, don't be worn out on doing good. Keep doing good at a heart level. Keep pursuing relationship with the Lord at a real level. Take your next right step. Don't be jaded by the by the things you perceive around you as people living false lives or spinning plates or anything like that's not your fight. Your fight is is am I living this Jesus life in the most honest and real way I can today? Am I taking my the next step he's calling me to today? Like that's that's your responsibility, that's my responsibility and and it's not like I love Josh. We're super close friends. We know a lot about each other. We've been in each other's lives a long time and and very intentionally. But my number one responsibility isn't to make sure he's living out this Jesus life person perfectly. It's also not to catch him in sin. It's to encourage him to. It's to push him to uh, live this life out to sin. in every aspect. To sin. No, encourage him away from sin. No. Live, to live this this Jesus life in a real way, Something you know, in every every right. avenue he can. But but my my real job is the stuff I can control, and that's that's what am I doing? Uh, when Jesus tells me to metaphorically give fifty bucks away, you know, like whatever that heart issue might be, do I respond or do I say, you know what, like all these other people who follow you, Jesus, aren't really following you fully, so I'm not going to either. Like, do I use it as an excuse or do I do the thing he asked me to do um, in that moment? So that's my final thoughts, man. And and I'm, I don't know, I have a feeling I'm going to be like thinking about this discussion for a while because Galatians 6, man, going out with a bang. It's good stuff. I think too, like right along the same lines, I think a good gauge for you uh, as a follower of Jesus is when you see people that are doing that split spinning plates, um, even, um, seeing the plates come tumbling down that they've been spinning for so long. If your immediate response isn't compassion and mm. care, um, yeah. there, there's probably some heart issues in your own life that you want to deal yeah. with, with Jesus and have those conversations. Um, because it, it should be this, like you see people that are splitting plates and, and it should be compassion. I'm like, man, there, there is a better way. 
Um, yeah. Like this Jesus life shouldn't feel like this. Like there's a, there's a better way. And if it's compassion, like I'd love to help you find mm. that way um, that I found as I just foster a relationship with Jesus and watch him do the rest. Um, and there's action in that, but let Jesus lead the, the process of that and not you lead the process of that. Yeah. Um, is the, the key thing. So if compassion and, and care isn't the, isn't your normal response, like it's maybe it's anger, frustration, um, or your responses or, or other, you know, could be a variety of other emotions as well. Um, dig into those things, like have those conversations yeah. with Jesus and ask the question, why? Like, God, why did I get so angry about this when, um, you know, my, my small group leader let us know that, you know, he's leaving the church or he let us know, or we found out that, you know, he has a third family, not just the second family we knew about it. So there's a third one as well. Uh, and I got so angry and frustrated. I would argue there's, there's probably some issues there with your view of God um, and your relationship with Jesus that Jesus is going to want to talk about um, some things. Maybe you're carrying from your past uh, that you're still holding on to um, that, that you're going to walk want to walk into like you'll find it, it's crazy we talk about humility all the time right i mm-hmm. mean you like to hear people say i don't pray for humility or god's gonna humble me this is right. the stupidest thing i've ever heard i hate it when i hear right. it um but you, you'll be blown away but it's when you foster a relationship with jesus and jesus does that work on your own your own heart and you have those yeah. intimate difficult conversations with jesus how much humility becomes easier and easier um, mm. how much patience becomes easier and easier how much care for for your you know even the the more difficult people in life and you know who you are uh the ones that just take a little extra grace to be in a relationship with sure. um how much easier that becomes um as jesus continues to shape change things about your or even reveal things about your own heart so i say all yeah. this to say this stop trying to do it on your own and go foster a relationship with jesus it's not up to you. It's up to Jesus. We said this before. Um, you were really good with faith when it came to your salvation, but for somewhere along the way, it all became a work-based theology, and it's yeah. all up to you for your sanctification. Stop it. and Get back into walking with Jesus in relationship. Yeah. Start with conversation. If you're like, Josh, I hate reading. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Andrew listens to yeah. scripture while he's in the shower. Great place yeah. to start. Um, but don't just let Do it that. be a habit of you listening to it. Let it be a yeah. thing that, that fosters conversation. So I would say this. If there's there's another good gauge, I just thought of this. Yeah. When you're reading God's word, if you don't pause on a regular basis to have mm. conversation, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. At least for me, that's how I that's how I experience it. Yeah. Where like I'm dig if I'm just like getting through chapter after chapter, I'm mm-hmm. not doing it right. Um, but if I'm like reading like a couple of verses and then you're like, oh, that thought pops in your head, and you're like, gotta have a conversation about that. Yep. Uh, like that's how it should be. It should be fostering conversation. It shouldn't just be like this here. I'm gonna go through this chunk of scripture and then, um, you know, get through my prayer list and then call it a day. Uh, I think that's more destructive than helpful. Uh, if it's, Hey, I'm going to, I'm reading through Galatians six today and man, I only made it three verses, but like it triggered something like carry, you know, each should carry their own burdens. And yeah. uh, this is a f- law. I'm just reading chapter or verse two of Galatians six. And you're like, and then something triggers in your own mind. And like, you got to talk to Jesus about it. stop, talk to Jesus about it. Yeah. It's more important yeah. to foster a relationship with Jesus than getting through the content yep. of, of recorded word of God. Right. Yep. God, Jesus is more than capable of teaching you his truth. That's not going to be an issue. I promise you. Yep. You walk with Jesus long enough. He's going to teach you his truth. He's going to teach you in the framework he wants to teach you. Yep. Um, foster relationship. With Jesus should cause pause and you mm. reading God's word or listening to God's word. Pause yeah. it go have a conversation with Jesus. Be like, Jesus, I think that's, maybe that's it for the day. Maybe your conversation yeah. goes for an hour after that. Uh, right. As you're talking about these things and you're like, man, it took me six months to get through Galatians. That's fine. There's no problem with that's that. That's fine. But, but Josh, I have to get through more scripture. I have to understand it all. Be honest with you, a lot of Paul's letters are just repeating themselves to different groups of people. Right. <laughs> um, so maybe you don't get it the first time around, but you're going to get it the second time around. Right. Um, a lot of the gospels carry the same story. So you're just getting yep. reinforced um, truth. Like, yeah, we we said it earlier. There's one principle of all of recorded scripture: love God, love people. Yep. You get that piece down, all the rest is just going to keep reinforcing that same principle. Yep. Love God, love people. This is destroying relationship with God. This is destroying relationship with people. If it does, we call that sin. We want you to avoid it. If it's really hard to avoid it, have conversation with Jesus about it and figure out why it's hard to avoid it. Right? Like yeah. that's what it all comes down to. Yeah. Uh, love God. Love people, and I know you're all. All the Bible scholars are out there, like Josh. That's horrible theology. It's not. <laughs> Stop it. 
Stop teaching people other things. You're overwhelming them. Jesus isn't here to overwhelm us. Hmm. He's here to teach us simple principles that have overwhelming uh, results when we choose to live yep. them. But you're yep. like, oh, we have to get the entirety of Scripture. I just told you the entirety of Scripture. Love God, love people. <laughs> Everything fits in that principle. Jesus said it himself. That's right. Um, I'm just giving you a hard time. I get it. There, there's, <laughs> there's some depth to scripture that gets exciting when you yeah. start to dig into it. But if, yeah. but if you're digging into it and you don't understand that primary principle yep. of love, God, love people, you're going to go down so many freaking rabbit holes. They're going to be mm. harmful to your relationship with others and God uh, yeah. that you're going to end up being that dude saying, my wife's not submitting to me and she has to be right. submitting to me. Like, right. How about you worry about your behavior? Like Andrew said, and let her right. worry about her behavior. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I think that was enough rants for today, Andrew. We went back Dude. and forth. I'm reading through our chat. I said, you're a little hot today, um, which <laughs> reading it after the fact, I was like, oh, yeah, he is. He is a little hot today. I can see him today, folks. Um, he looks hot. Um, he got a little sweat it's in his funny. brow. It's, yeah, it's, it's like pretty. it's like uh, 90 degrees but outside. His so, yeah. 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 Ooh, that's miserable. Yeah. Miserable. But I got a pool. Hey, Andrew, so I'm going to get in. As always, my friend good to see you thanks for listening to our show it really means a lot to us and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with jesus and with other people and it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on you can also follow us on instagram and the facebook now sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast we believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of jesus christ and you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you we want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening. <laughs>